everyone. Anne-Louise Gittleman here, your host for the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And today we're going to take a little bit of a sharp turn in our traditional topics. We're going to be talking about the power of prayer, because if any time in our nation's history we need the power of prayer, I believe it is now. And I'm so delighted to be able to introduce one of my close friends who is a fellow nutritionist. She's a multi-million dollar best-selling author of several books. Her name is Sherry Kalbaum, and she's known as the Juice Lady. Hello to you, Sherry Kalbaum. Hello, my dear friend. It's so great to be with you and talking about, oh, what's such a fabulous topic for today. I think it's a fabulous topic. So the power of prayer. You're a big believer in the power of prayer. Tell me why. Yes. Oh, uh, I want to tell you one story that will really illustrate why I believe so much in prayer. And uh, it, it's part of my life story of um, my journey. And I often talk about juicing and the power of prayer. And I end my presentation with this story. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so years ago, I'll just preface it by I was really sick, and this is where juicing came in. I'll just give you a little short background on that. Uh, I had chronic fatigue and syndrome and fibromyalgia, and I was not getting better at all. I was getting worse, and nobody knew what to do, and I was sleeping all the time. I felt sick and horrible. And finally, um, after no doctor could help me, talked to some people at health food stores, and they said, uh, well, let's look at your diet. And it was horrible. I didn't like vegetables and I was a sugaraholic and I loved junk food. So changed my diet, started juicing, did a five-day juice fast, did a whole summer of juicing and eating just a perfect diet. And I was well in three months. Mm. So yeah, so exciting. And I thought, all right, uh, <clears throat> that was a great cure. And started uh, incorporating some of my old lifestyle habits back in and started feeling sick again. And that really got my attention. <laughs> Once you've tasted good health, I always say to people, you never want to lose it <clears throat> because it is a priceless gift. And so I realized this had to be a way of life. So back and went back to California from Colorado, decided to go back to school and uh, I wanted to be a credible source of information on what had just happened to me. Gee, I can't just be a woman out there with a great story, right? So um, I was getting ready to go back to school and I was, it was summer and I was house sitting for some friends of the family. Oh boy, here's the story, everybody. Pay close attention. This is a life-changing story. Go ahead, Miss Cherry. <laughs> yes, this is what changed my life forever. So I was house sitting for some family friends and it was the 4th of July and about three in the morning, um, I woke up and was really cold and looked out and saw the back door was open to the patio. I was sleeping in um, the teenager's room that looked out over the patio and the fountain. And I was getting up to, or starting to roll over, uh, thinking about getting up to go close it. And when I say really cold in July, it was close to the beach. So in Southern California, uh, when you're close to the beach, it's cold. Uh, you need blankets, even in the summer. So um, uh, as I was rolling over, I noticed in the corner of the room, this young man crouched in the corner, um, shirtless in shorts, long hair, 
And I said, oh no, this can't be, I'm, uh, I, I'm seeing things and I wasn't. Um, he, uh, the detective later determined was the alert system, the scout, you know, for the other two that were stealing coins from a big jar in the other room and booze and whatever they could find. And instead of alerting them and just running out the back door, he decided that he was going to kill me and told me oh that. My, oh my gosh. <sighs> I forgot about this part of your story. Go ahead. Yeah. And so he pulled a pipe out and they caught, it was a piece of a, a plumbing from under the sink, their detective told me, because it was left behind in the room. And so it was what they smoked dope in, had a little bowl at the end of it. And um, he pulled that out and began to beat me over the head over and over and over again. And <clears throat> finally, when the pipe flew out of our hands, we struggled with it and it flew out of our hands. He decided and told me he was going to choke me, strangle me. And that's when I felt my spirit leave my body. And many of us have read stories about how um, you feel when that happens, like your spirit kind of pops out and, and moves up. And that's exactly what I felt. And I knew um, that I was going home. And I just said, Father, God, receive me into your hands. Those were the words of Jesus when he died. And they came to my mind. And I felt like I was traveling very, very quickly. And then all of a sudden, I was back in my body, but not where I left it. <laughs> was outside at the end, long uh, way across the patio and down to the end of the dog run and um, screaming for help. So eventually a neighbor heard me, uh, uh, got the paramedics out, got to the hospital, and that's when they assessed the damages. The, the crux of the story and the healing part uh, comes from my damaged hand. So um, they determined I must have put my, well, obviously put my hand on my head to protect it because he beat my head so hard they, that the detective found a portion of my scalp on the floor. Oh, um, Come on. Yeah. And uh, my hand got the most damage. So two of my knuckles, the end two, little finger and the ring finger, uh, were reduced to powder and bone, bone fragments. And my ring finger had almost been torn from my hand. Um, it was hanging by a small little piece of skin. And so they sewed my finger back on, the, the hand surgeon, it just so happened that the top hand surgeon of Orange County was there at the hospital early in the morning. So I took that to be more than just coincidence. What a sign. Yes, I had to get a sip of water. <laughs> so he said, I put your back together as best I could. Put three pins in your hand, sewed you back up. You will never have a normal hand again. You don't have knuckles. Your your end two knuckles are are not there, and um, you will be handicapped for the rest of your life. Uh, but I did the best I could do for you, and it was many hours of surgery that we were in there. So fast forward to a few months later, and I'd gone to his office for an evaluation. I had this ridiculous looking cast on my hand that they had to build at the hospital. It was like different molds and parts hanging up and the, the almost torn off finger was suspended by some rubber bands that hung by this little round thing that they'd built up on a little post. It was the weirdest um, cast you've ever seen, and, but it was removable. 
And so every time I would take it off, I would look at this blob. It was not a hand. It looked like a blob. It was red and it looked awful and it was so swollen. And, and so it was that way months later. And I had been with a physician and he said to me, um, you are not healing. You, uh, you are not in good shape. I can't even go in and put in plastic knuckles. You are in such bad shape and uh, your hand will never be normal again. I was so devastated. I was young and single and- And how old, Sherry, how old were you, excuse me? I just turned 30, so young and single. <laughs> and looking like Frankenstein's bride was what I called myself. It was like the most discouraging time. I remember going back, I was staying with a cousin and his wife and going back to their lovely home and I was all alone there. and crying in the kitchen. And I said, you know, God, I thought you had all these plans for me. I have all these plans, I plan to write a book and to do all these things. And I don't understand this, but there is a scripture in Proverbs that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I thought I can't live with a sick heart too. You know, I'm already sick about this, but I can't live with a sick heart. And I just need to know where I stand. And I would, I would love to be healed. Well, wouldn't we all, right? <laughs> From whatever we have, wouldn't we all love to be healed? And I said, I would love to be healed. And <clears throat> that's my desire. But I just need to hear from you. I just need to know where I stand on this thing. And um, five the next morning, I was awakened by the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. It sounded like a lovely female angel, even though they say angels are neither male or female, but that's what she sounded like. <laughs> and the, I couldn't see anybody, but the voice said, Sherry, look at your hand. And my cast was off and I was moving my hand. It was totally mobile. And prior to that, I could barely move those two end fingers quarter inch in physical therapy would, would be a big day for me. And the pain was excruciating, just nauseating, you know, and here I'm moving my hand, I'm moving my fingers and I hear the voice audibly say to me, now your hand is going to go back to the way it was, but you are going to get gradually better and better and better and better until one day you will have full use of your hand, your hand will look normal, and you will not be handicapped. Wow, I just laid there in bed and cried. I mean, I cried for hours, I think. To have a normal hand, just the hope of that. Well, that is exactly what happened. And of course, Anne Louise, you've seen my hand, and it looks pretty darn normal. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I've written 35 books since then. 35 so, books. So you, you and I are tied. Are we? <laughs> we're, we're, you and I, you, and, and the reason I always wanted to meet you is because your career so much kind of tracks very much the way mine does. And so I'm so delighted to know all this. But the question is this, is, is this just a manifestation of the, uh, I want to go into a universal law, which is ask and you shall receive. Mm, and that's scriptural too, you know, um, Ask and you shall receive, but it goes to the power of God, too, and the power of prayer. And, and of course, that's what we're talking about now. Um, so I, I believe it all. 
<laughs> ask and you shall receive, pray, seek and you shall find. Those are our scriptures right out of the Bible. And thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee. I don't know if that is biblical, but, I, but I'm a big yes. believer in the power of decreeing. So your life had made a 180 degree change. So tell, tell my listeners, in this day of incivility, and you, we've seen it on the internet, we've seen it in our emails, we see it in television, we see it all over. What is the importance of the, of the power of what you say, the, the power of the spoken word and the power of the written word? Oh, I'm so glad you said that because yes, 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 it's all tied together. What we think, what we speak, what we believe, the written word, what we pray, all comes together. And if ever we needed a moment in time where millions of people are speaking good word, life, safety, peace in our streets, right? It's now. <laughs> it's now. Oh, we need this more than ever because we are in an epic battle, as I see it, an epic battle for the soul of the nation, for the soul of people. Um, my husband, who's a priest, just said to me this morning, fear is palpable. He said, listen to what people are saying, that, that they are, are devastated by fear, it gripped in their hearts by fear. Fear makes us sick. It causes all of these negative chemicals to start bouncing around in our body, and it makes us sick. And it opens us up for things like a virus, more susceptible to a virus attacking us. But we, we need to begin to speak the word. You said it. It's right out of, it's biblical. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be. But we need many people. It, it needs to be more than you and me, right? <laughs> or us three. It, it needs to be millions of us need to be uh, strong. We need to be strong in our mind and in our spirit, in our prayers, and speaking words of life and hope and not despair and against the, the, the anarchy and peace in our streets and health in our homes, right? <laughs> No, no, I, I don't disagree one iota. So I guess the question is to get very practical. I know that there have been studies done on the um, power of speaking near water. I think it was Dr. Emoto that did this in yeah. Japan. So if people want to change their reality, and, you, and, and, and I believe that you are what you speak, by the way. That is kind of my new mantra. I am what I speak. So if you speak words of love and healing, peace and understanding, it somehow manifests someplace in your life. And you should always be speaking words that are truthful, that are necessary, and that are kind. That's kind of Buddhist, but that's where I'm leaning these days. So I guess my question to you is, what kinds of things should people be decreeing that have the most power, whether that's biblical or whether that's based upon just ancient universal law? Well, I of course, I come from the biblical uh, portion of what I decree, but every day now I am making decrees. And what, and, are, and what are they? Can you share them for my listeners? Yes. I, from the moment I get up, I start saying, I am healed. I am whole. I speak Psalm 91. No plague, no coronavirus 
is coming nigh our dwelling, right? No plague, that's right out of scripture in the Psalms. No plague is coming nigh our dwelling. And I am prosperous. I have faith. I have strength. I have a whole mind. Um, I have health in every cell of my body. I just really am hitting it hard. And I began to declare we have peace in our streets, peace in this nation, um, prosperity in this nation. And um, I just go on and on <laughs> for about five minutes. But I can tell I'm feeling stronger than I've ever felt in my life. I mean, like powerful, like, no, 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 not, none of this stuff is coming near me. Uh, and um, it, it, you can feel it. When you begin to make your decrees, you feel a strength inside that you haven't felt before. I don't disagree one iota. You know, um, I remember when I was in, it was New Haven, Connecticut, and I was working with the Women, Infants, and Children's uh, program in Connecticut, my home state of Connecticut. I was in New Haven, Connecticut. And I said to myself, Sherry, and this was 1979, I said to myself, somehow I have to get out of this place. I said, I'm, I'm destined for bigger and better things. This was just a small little, uh, it was a Hill Health Center. It was kind of a satellite clinic from Yale University. I was only seeing about 20 people a day. I said, whatever it is, God, you got to show me a better way. So I kept decreeing that I had the perfect job in the perfect location, the perfect place. Three months later, I get a call from the Pritikin Longevity Center. And in six months, I was a new nutritional director of Pritikin Center in Santa Monica, California. And I know that was a direct manifest. It was the funniest thing. I talked myself into a position. I sent them a, I sent them a, a cold CV, got a call from the personnel department. They, were, they happened to have been looking for a new nutritional director. And voila, 1980, I became that. So I know that there's power. But if, if you were to give people Psalm 91, could do you have that handy, by the way? Oh, you know, um, I would have, I, I would have, well, let me see. I can pull it up online right here. That's what's always handy, isn't it? Um, is, we, is, Psalm is Psalm 91 the Psalm that some of our men who were in the trenches in World War I all memorized and said and were, were saved from any kind of disastrous... I true I, I believe it is Be, I, because my grandmother used to tell me uh, and read this psalm to me all the time as I was a little kid. So here it is. I love being able. To, I love Google. Being able to pull it up online. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, and in some translations it says the secret place. Well, yes in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. And here's the scripture and from the deadly pestilence. So we could just put in there right now and from COVID-19, he will save us and he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart and you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. And I thought a lot when I've read this about the riots in the streets and how terrified some people are and that how the rioters are coming out into suburbia and smaller towns and, and small neighborhoods and people are terrified. But we will not fear of the terror by night, nor the pestilence. Here we're back again to uh, virus. The pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand might fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe 
with your eyes and see the reward of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near you. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, and they will lift you up in your hands, in their hands, and you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra and trample the lion and the serpent. Some, uh, it's, some translations, it says scorpion, and I've experienced that. We have scorpions in Arizona, and twice, some have fallen on me and I just brushed them off and I didn't get stung. And I thought of that scripture because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? And we can add her anytime it says her, him, add her. <laughs> so that's lovely. You know, I know you come from a very strong, was your father an evangelist, if I'm not mistaken? He was. He, my father was a healing evangelist. And um, unfortunately, my mother died of cancer. And so um, that kind of uh, stopped him in his tracks. But he saw many people healed before um, that time. For years, he saw many, many people healed. Well, it's interesting because I come from an observant Jewish background, as I think you know. My grandfather was a religious scholar. No, I didn't know. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He was one of the foremost religious scholars of the, of the, of the nation, actually, in the 60s and the 70s. He was written, uh, he was written up in many, many uh, journals in Israel and in this country. He used to, he used to uh, correspond with Moshe Dayan of the Six-Day War. So I have a lot of memorabilia. And I remember he was so particular about each and every word of the Bible. I mean, he would have these biblical Bible studies when I was a little girl with all these men with long beards and long curls. <laughs> and, and I remember walking into one of his discussions and they were screaming at each other, stabbing the Bible with their fingers, discussing what was a real translation of one of the Hebrew words. Oh my. <laughs> so that's, kind of, that's kind of my introduction to all this. But I remember he used to sleep with the, it was a priestly prayer. prayer. I think that's from, that's from Numbers, if I'm not mistaken. That I don't know. I would love to, well. May the well, Lord protect and defend you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. I think it's from Numbers. Yeah. It's either from Numbers or Leviticus. I think it's from Numbers. And so, that became kind of a um, kind of an insignia that I remember so much from him, and I have that hanging in my house. I think you've been there before and have seen it. It's in Hebrew and in English. So yeah. if we were to tell people the kind of affirmations they need to do now, if we were to give them three or four one-liners, what would they be? And you're right. It was number six, 24 to 26. There it is. Google there you it. go. Save me. The Lord bless you and keep you. So uh, uh, several affirmations. I think the most important affirmation right now that we can make uh, for many people who are just terrified right now that they're going to get COVID is to say, I am whole. I am well. I am healed. I am protected. Any, I, am, I am well, I am whole, I am healed, I am protected. There you go. And that is going to come against uh, a fear. There are also many people right now extremely depressed. Well, we, we've seen it, statistics. They're in the news, suicides are on the rise, and many, many depressed people. I was shocked to hear on the news last night as we were driving home, uh, a quarter 
of the younger people, the younger generation, has thought of suicide during this time. Oh my gosh. That is so alarming to me. So we need to say, uh, each day I have joy. The joy of the Lord or the joy of God is my strength. And I am happy. I am uh, a positive. I'm a positive person. I only allow positive life-giving thoughts into my head. We need to just claim that and get, get that uh, depression out of our minds and out of our lives. And I know, interestingly enough, that one of the most powerful words that you can utter in the spoken word arena is the word grateful. I am grateful. Yeah. Because I remember with the, with the water uh, experiments that Dr. Emoto did, the water became this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful constellation of crystals when, we, when they spoke blessings of gratitude. So I think every day we have to be grateful for being alive, for being healthy, for being happy, for being, being here, being able to fight against the virus. I think anything with the word grateful carries a very, very strong vibratory rate. So what would, you, what would you tell people in this day and time? I want to go back to your juicing because you say the juices in your, your, your power of prayer were kind of intertwined in your personal journey. So is there a particular juice blend that people can go to town with right now to kind of upgrade their immune system from the juice lady herself? What would, would that be celery juice? Are you a big believer in Anthony Williams celery juice? I am. I've been doing it. And um I notice I, I do feel really good when I drink celery juice, but I've had people report to me um, a variety of changes. I had one lady that was the most dramatic testimony I've received. She had four things going on with her. Uh, she had just gotten her blood work done, and that was um, elevated blood sugar, uh, cholesterol, high uh, blood pressure, uh, and I forget the other one. Uh, oh, liver enzymes. That was it. And uh, she decided to do the 16 ounces of celery juice every morning on an empty stomach. And she said, that's the only thing she changed. And in one month, uh, they had, all those numbers had come down, all four categories. Uh, and, and in some, she was normal, totally normal, but everything had come down. So celery juice is fabulous. But there are also some other things that you can do that are great. So I have celery juice first, but then I have other juices. So I do cucumber and lemon. I do lots of ginger. Ginger is a wonderful source of zinc. And we know right now that zinc is extremely important for the immune system, especially yeah. when it comes to COVID. And they've used zinc uh, uh, in different parts of the world and some here in the U.S., zinc combined with hydrochloroquine or with other things, and have had good results. So, and a lot of people are zinc deficient. So ginger, juice up a lot of ginger. It's a source of zinc, and you may need to take some extra zinc too. We do. Uh, and then I add in lemon, and I add some greens, whatever I've got on hand. <clears throat> the other day, I had all these asparagus stems, so I juiced all those with my combo, and we have a big glass of green juice. Um, and you can add in some carrot if you want. If, if you do okay with sugars, you can add in some apple. I don't do so well with sugar, so I leave the apple out. But uh, you can sweeten it if, if, that's, if your body is okay with that. And that's a great blend for the immune system. So what I do in the morning when I can remember when I have time, I do two ounces of carrot juice, two ounces of celery juice, two ounces of beet juice, and two ounces of cucumber. And now I'm going to add in a little ginger because I did not know, and this is a biggie for me, because if I didn't know it, I can imagine what my listeners may not be aware of. So ginger, my friends, is a high source 
of zinc and think zinc when you want to when you want to slay the virus. Zinc is probably the most important mineral and it's one that's the most efficient probably next to or equal to magnesium. So what's up next for Ms. Sherry Kalbaum? What is next on the agenda for you this year, my dear? Next year, well, it's going to be next year because we did have a juice and raw foods retreat scheduled for October and the retreat center is not going to open up until the first of the year. So we have moved that to February 14 to 19. So I call it the week of love. We are meeting <laughs> in carefree, beautiful carefree Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix. And we are going to juice and eat raw foods and cleanse our bodies and all get whole. And I can tell you, we've got three retreats coming for next year, February, June, and October, two here and, and June in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And we have seen so many people healed and it's because we address spirit, soul, and body. And so I'm so excited about having people come, getting healthy, getting healed, being made whole, cleansing out the toxins, feeling rejuvenated and brand new. And using faith, not fear to slay the virus. Exactly. And when we combine prayer and faith along with all the good things we can do, there is a powerhouse of healing. And let us say... Thank you and Ahmed. <laughs> thank Amen. you so much. Thank you so much. So I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in today to this episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I want to especially thank our sponsor, Unikey Health Systems at unikeyhealth.com, the company for which I've been a brand ambassador for over 25 years. We thank our good friends at Unikey. We thank Sherry Kalbaum. We want you to tune in next time. I'm Ann Louise Gittleman saying thank you and good luck.